0: stick to football all right connor made it into I'm, the cold I'm of here, indianapolis baby. bundled it is cold today i don't want to complain it's a great job we have it's cold today uh we have a lot to talk about today on stick to football no guest you just get me and connor breaking guest. it down for you hey you are today's guest <laughs> welcome to stick to football uh you should check it out uh, subscribe on youtube or and apple podcasts where else are we spotify stitcher do it all uh but we have a lot to get caught up on you got in this morning uh and I just kind of wanted to start the show. Just let's go around the horn. Um, everyone knows if you listen to the show three times a week, hopefully you do, that a lot of times, what especially um, early in the week, what I'm doing is staying out until four in the morning, talking to people, trying to get information.
1: You, you're holding strong, though. Thank you. Like I could usually tell when Matt has has had a long night or he's tired, and it looks like he's he's been responsible. That's what Matt Bowen
0: least. yesterday before yeah. the interview. He goes, uh, glasses, you're hungover, yeah. aren't you? I'm not. I'm not. Just my eyes need a break every now and then. But let's start with what we're hearing in Rappaport. Uh, NFL media reported on Thursday morning, that's today, that the Kansas City Chiefs are expected to use the franchise tag on Chris Jones when that window opens uh, later today, actually. There's been a lot of speculation that the Kansas City Chiefs want to keep Chris Jones. There's also been a lot of speculation kind of, that they want to trade Chris Jones. Using the franchise tag really gives them the most flexibility. We saw this last year with Jaden Clowney was tagged and then traded. D. Ford was tagged and then traded. So we've seen teams do this in the past where you want to just keep all your options on the table, basically. So the way that I read this situation is this doesn't mean anything yet. This is just giving Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs the most flexibility that you can now say, if we don't get a deal we love, a trade offer that we love for Chris Jones, we have options. We can keep him for one year, play him under the franchise tag. Then if he leaves after this coming season, you're going to get a third-round compensatory pick. But now you can also say, we have Chris Jones at a a reasonable salary for one year. And if a team wants to come get him, give us a first-round pick. We've seen that D. Ford traded last year for a second-round pick. Frank Clark was traded for... a multiple picks so what I wanted to ask you if you're the Kansas City Chiefs how do you where do you go with this and then on top of that if you're a team like the Miami Dolphins you got three picks and a ton of money why and you could go get a local guy and Chris Jones that makes the most sense to me
1: it definitely does I think priority number one Matt that the Chiefs have to answer when they go into this is what is he looking for annually that's the big question because how much can the Chiefs pay him now I know a lot of people look at it and say well obviously they're going to give Mahomes this all-world mega extension when does the money dry up for the Kansas City Chiefs but one caveat in getting this deal done now, if they can, is when this new collective bargaining agreement goes through, I think the salary cap is going to see a significant spike. Where yep. if the Chiefs can figure this out in the short term, that one to two years of, hey, how can we keep everything tight under budget? Maybe you do the opposite. Maybe instead of front-loading the contract, you put the big cap hits on the back end. That's one way they can keep an important player. Because something you said to me off-camera, Matt, is when you have Chris Jones and Frank Clark together, that's something special. It really matters. And if yep. the Chiefs can make this work. Now, I don't think he reports on the franchise tag. So I, think I was surprised he played last
0: year. Exactly. without a new deal
1: I don't think that's going to happen this I don't know year have it twice <laughs> so i think it's either extension which they should try to find a way to get done or simply a trade
0: yeah and so i think let's talk about teams that can actually afford to do this the miami dolphins make the most sense to me they have pick number five you're not trading five for nope. him, but you have 18 and you have 26 and, and we've t- talked a lot two about two twos. two twos as well and two first next year so you have a lot of room to do this if you are kansas let's just say if i'm kansas city And you now have tagged Chris Jones. You're going to talk to his agents and say, what do you want? If it's $20 million a year, I'm going to say, okay, we're going to see what we can get for you. If the Miami Dolphins offer pick 26 for Chris Jones, I do that deal right now. Me too. Because that's a first-round pick. It's also $20 million that you have now to go get. A corner, which is going to be incredibly important, sure. to get another pass rusher, whether that's a D-lineman or a, a, an exterior guy, someone out off the edge, gives you a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. And Brett Veach has actually drafted pretty well. So if I am now the Chiefs with two first-round picks and $20 million extra in salary cap space, now we're cooking.
1: And I think most importantly, Matt, now we're getting real creative here, but this is realistic. You can take those two first-round picks, and maybe you go get a Javon Kinlaw. Maybe you've, right. you watch the board and see if Derek Brown starts to slide. Maybe you get super aggressive. And you can replace Chris Jones. is a great player. And it's not just you can replace Chris Jones. It's not that simple. But you can find a way to keep off maybe what will be $20 million on the books, his expected cap, something crazy like that, and find a cheaper option. So for the Chiefs, Chiefs, everything is on the table. Oh, it is.
0: And at 32, I think D-line is an option. I mean, Ross Blacklock. That's the name that comes to mind. You know, those are the guys with the pass rush tools that we expect to be there late first. But uh, if, you know, like you said, you could package. I don't think you're getting Jeff Okuda, which is too bad. No. Because, And that would be great. But with the corner class, I think we've talked a lot about, hey, Jeff Gladney at 32. Sure. Makes a ton of sense. Jalen Johnson, A.J. Terrell, we've thrown a lot of names in there. So it does give them a lot of versatility. One thing to put a bow on the Chiefs and Chris Jones, I'll say about Brett Veach, He's going to be aggressive. That's one thing we know about him. He's going to go out there and make the big moves. If I'm if I'm Veach, I'm calling the Miami Dolphins uh, tomorrow, or, or just I'm going to ask Chris Greer tonight a high velocity in the yes. JW. Uh, we got Chris Jones under the tag for a year. You guys interested in making this move?
1: Yeah, I think this is the time to feel it out. And I think for the Chiefs, like you said, they are in a position here that most teams would want to be in because if you're looking for any tag and trade
0: candidates on the market, I think Chris Jones actually holds some really good value. One of the, I, I think at times this year, other than Aaron Donald, you could say he was the best D-tackle in football. Yeah, the last two years have been insane. Been very good. Let's transition to another team in the AFC, the New England Patriots. Uh, ESPN reported this morning, Jeff Darlington on, on Thursday morning reported that Tom Brady was really prepared to leave the New England Patriots. That he's entering free agency with a mindset that, that he could actually leave after 20 years with that Historic franchise. What I have been told, and I wrote this, it came out in the scouting notebook Thursday morning, so before this report, was that I was I keep continue to hear that he's going to be back, and that they are waiting. And I, I think I said this on, on our show here like two weeks ago. They're waiting for the CBA. The same thing the Chiefs are doing with Holmes. You're waiting for the CBA. Same thing with Dak and the Cowboys. We're waiting on the CBA. If it's going to get figured out this week, or you know, before the new league year begins in middle of March. That changes things. Like you just said, with the salary cap, it changes a lot of things. So I know that everyone wants to believe that Brady's actually leaving New England, that he's going to go play somewhere else. But I will say, everything I've been hearing for the last two weeks, everything I've been hearing here this week in Indianapolis is, let's just pump the brakes on that. There's plenty of time. There is a, there's, what, three weeks before the league year starts? There's plenty of time for Brady and the Patriots to figure this out. And I think you have to wonder, is this little a little bit of posturing from the Brady camp? Why would it come out now? I and think that's what you always have to ask yourself.
1: It's a very, very interesting timing, and I think something else we've talked about on this show is when you look at the landing spots that make a lot of sense, there aren't many. I mean, really going back to New England is the logical (laughs) one. We've heard the buzz. We've tried to create it, the buzz about the Raiders before, but we still feel like that's a long shot. You hear, you know, Bruce Arians mention someone like tom brady Great. down in tampa but you really have to and then the craziness about the new york giants no way that happens. i mean that's that's absolutely nuts we're not even going to address that one but the other two when you when you keep looking back to it it all goes back to new england and anything besides that would be a surprise so i'm with you matt
0: and standing by your original report Anything but him going back to New England would be a shock, and not I, him leaving. I was doing radio at one of the, the many car washes that, you know, you get pulled in here doing this. And I got to ask about this as well and said, you know, what it, what does Tom want? Does he want money? If he wants money, okay, he's going to leave. If he wants to win, if he wants he to continue staying. to build that legacy, he is staying. And I, for me, that is what it comes down to. He has to decide, and I, I don't know, but he has to decide uh, which this is. Is it a money grab? You got two years left? Or is this I want another ring? Because if he wants to win, no one else makes sense.
1: And maybe for the first time in his life, Tom Brady wants to go out and go through the free agent experience. Because if he doesn't do it now, he'll never get to do it again. You get to sit down and hear teams pitch to you. You get to meet with other coaching staffs. And at the end of the day, if he doesn't like anything they have to say or his heart is always going back to New England, that's fine. I just really think this is an experience thing for Brady. And once again, anything but New England would still be a shock to us on this
0: show. Right? I mean, I've had times in my own career where you know my deal with Bleach Report's coming up and and there's a little bit of that, like, oh man, like, would I, would I ever go somewhere else? Yeah. You, 10 years here, I'm Tom Brady in this yeah. thing. You know, it's <laughs> like at some point, it's like you know what you have. You know, you know the people you're going to work with, you know how it works. There's value in that. And you like you're, winning. And you, exactly. And you like winning. Bill Belichick's still there. Pretty good place to be. Other news free agency uh, does kick off in a couple of weeks but it actually kicks off this week. All the conversations are happening between agents and players. I think I've told this story before on the podcast. We were here a couple of years ago and I ran into a guy who was a top offensive tackle on the market. I don't want to say his name because I don't know if you can get in trouble after the fact. And he was here doing some NFLPA stuff. He told me that night where he was signing a free agency. Oh, everyone knows. And I mean, it was a done deal three weeks before free agency. So a lot of stuff is happening. And one of the prizes on the free agent market that's not a quarterback is Jadevian Clowney. I was telling some of our guys before the show that... His game against the Niners Week 17 is one of the best games I've seen a defensive end play. He's going to have huge dollar amounts uh, if he's not tagged by – excuse me, he can't be tagged by Seattle. So he's going to hit the market. If he doesn't stay with a Seahawks counter, two names that I've heard, two teams I've heard – the New York Giants and the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts have like ninety-three million dollars to spend. And the Giants have a ton. It, Giants have a ton as well. Both teams need pass rushers. Both teams, the Giants at four, the Colts at twelve. Excuse me, thirteen. Both teams kind of out of that range where they could draft an elite pass rusher. So looks like Jay going could be in their scopes as far as free agency goes and those two
1: teams make a ton of sense we've seen the colts not only save their cap space but they've attacked edge and in the draft it seems like they've just missed at it last year they signed justin houston when he's healthy he's a productive player you're still looking for that premier threat on the edge for them so and i think for the new york giants this is a team that yes they're off to a good start in the rebuild on offense you saw a promise from daniel jones last year we know what saquon barkley is they're starting yeah. to build that line darius slayton had a good rookie season that defense needs a makeover a makeover from Badly. scratch. And when you make over an entire unit, you're not just sitting there and going, hey, we're going to draft three new starters on the defense. Right. You find two or three starters in free agency, you find two or three starters in the draft. And I think for the Giants, not only do they have the money, but this is a franchise that has been aggressive in free agency in the past.
0: Yeah, surprisingly so. Yes, and they'll go out have, and spend. Not all of us panned out Nate Solder last year. I think is the reason we're saying, hey, they're, they're going to draft a tackle at four and get their pass rusher in free agency. So definitely makes a lot of sense. And for the Colts, like you said, they've, they've tried, they've thrown draft picks at, at, Pass rushers. They brought in Justin Houston. <clears throat> they value me. the position badly, and I think they know to win. You got two very good linebackers there now. I think they know to win. They got to be able to get to the quarterback.
1: Now let me follow this Jadavion Gide- uh, Clowney conversation up with a guy that also could be tagged and traded. What are we talking about with Yannick Ngakwe? Yeah, Is, that's, that's he's a valuable, valuable, extremely valuable piece on this market if Jacksonville wants to move on. One thing I have heard that he does
0: not want to come back. He's ready to move on he and sends the signs out on Twitter a lot. Th- that Just as saying. well. Also. Th- Tom Coughlin, I don't think it can be understated how damaged Tom Coughlin left this, or, this locker Ramsey room. Ramsey was done? Right. A lot of guys. You know, Telvin Smith quit football, and I, not Dante all the blame can go to Tom Coughlin, but I think a lot of it is being placed on him. So when it comes to Ngakwe, they expect him to be on the move. I think they're going to make a push to try to keep him, but that is another guy who could be a tag and trade, and he would get a first round pick. You yeah. would be getting a first round pick. They already have two. They have nine. They have 18. So we could see them having multiple, nine and 20, I think it is actually. We could see them have three first-round picks if they move this guy.
1: Yeah, it feels like a Frank Clark situation kind of building all over again with uh, with Yannick over there because I think the talent is there. He's super young. I think he's turning 25 this off season. Yeah, it's crazy. He's been a very, very productive player, and, and not just with the sacks, but the strip sacks. He's somebody that creates turnovers and gets the ball back in the hands of your offense. So I think... He's somebody we'll keep an eye on as the edge market continues to play out. And it's going to be a pretty strong edge market in free agency. Really While the draft is so-so, but Olivier Vernon is expected to get cut.
0: Dante so, Fowler is
1: going to be a free agent. There's a lot of names in the uh, – not the draft class necessarily, but the free agent class
0: yeah. on the pass rush market. I do want to go back to the Giants. Uh, they are expected to be in on Jack Conklin. And this should not surprise anyone. I don't think we're breaking news with that. They wanted to draft him coming out of college. They had eyes for him. Yeah, he was the The guy. problem was we all knew – And the Tennessee Titans jumped them to draft him at eight overall. So then they drafted. uh, Who who did they did they take that year? Eli Apple. Eli Apple. They got jumped twice. They got jumped for Leonard Floyd and and Jack Conklin. Exactly. So. Not a great spot to be in. That's why Jerry Reese isn't the GM there anymore. But I have heard that the Giants like Jack Conklin. He is expected to get... I mean, he's going to be the top-paid right tackle in football. It's all said and done. But like you said, Connor, the Giants have plenty of money to spend.
1: Yeah, and this offensive line market could actually be historic this year in terms of, obviously, the numbers we see. It goes up each year. But assuming that someone like Brandon Scherf does get franchise tagged by Washington, you see Conklin hit the market at tackle. Joe Thune hit the market at guard. Both of those guys, Matt are going to be
0: paid enormous deals by a lot of different suitors. Yeah, yeah. the offensive line market, again, this is a decent draft to tackle, but they're all expected to go early. So if you're a team, you know, like the Giants, if you don't draft someone at four, or even if you do draft Jedrick Wills, you can really bolster that line by going after a Jack Conklin. Now the last note I have for you guys, the, the Green Bay Packers, are basically meeting, if you're a tight end here, they're meeting with you. They are doing so much work on tight ends, also on the inside linebacker position, but the tight ends for Green Bay, uh, they are all over it. And one thing I've heard, guys, is that 33 years old, Jimmy Graham is expected to be done there. And, and even if he stays in a one more year, they are looking at the tight end position. I know they have Jay Sternburner, who they like as kind of that flex tight end, but I think we're going to see the Packers... Do a lot of work on this tight end class.
1: Now, do we think they look at the inline options, the move tight ends, or they're just looking to bolster the entire room, Matt?
0: Yeah, I think they're just trying to bolster the entire room. They, you know, you could talk Cole Komet is more of an inline guy, but yes. they've been doing work on your guy, Hunter Bryant, who one. looked great on the bench press right behind us yesterday. So there are a lot of names, and, and guys who are different types of fits. So I think right now they're just trying to get better overall at tight end. Welcome back to the two thousand twenty NFL Scouting Combine. We are live on Radio Row. Bench Press will be going on behind us in about fifty minutes I'm as we're recording. Connor's gonna get it. how many reps two twenty five can you do? I don't know anymore. I mean probably like six. Yeah, I can't do not one. Not very not very impressive. I, obviously, people watching this on YouTube can tell which of us works out more than the other. Bench I could never do it. Even back when I like lifted every day or when I played high school sports, I could it's, never bench.
1: So it's not about how really how strong you are it's about preparing for it like you can yep. be really strong in a shitty bencher which is why they do it here is because they want to see hey who's been training for the last two months in this yeah because you have kj hamler yesterday who's i mean if Not he sat big. between us he'd be like, he's an nfl player right and i think he did what 13 14 reps right so that's crazy so that's the important thing with the bench press i'm
0: excited it's over here you just don't want to see a guy do like four you know, because, like, four no. says you're not
1: trying. No, you really, like, do not give a shit if you you're going go to be a pro lineup. athlete and you did four. So that'll
0: right. be going on. If it was squats, oh, yeah, I'd be all day. That's all and, I could ever do. Yeah, not not for me. <laughs> no thanks. Let's pass. <laughs> all right. Uh right. Let's talk about some news, though. Van Jefferson, wide receiver out around Florida, guy we loved at the Senior it's Bowl, totally. really blew up. He's out six to eight weeks. They found a Jones fracture in his foot during the uh, medical evaluations here at the Combine, so he will not be able to perform here, and he's out six to eight weeks. This is a bad time of year to find an injury.
1: It's not only that. It's the problem that this is a really deep wide receiver class, and I think people wanted to see Van run. Because I, yeah. one of the questions with him is speed. We know he's a great route runner. We know he's tough. He has good hands. I think a lot of people wanted to see him run below that four six threshold and be a, you know, maybe a four, five, four kind of guy in that range. I know he's he's a build up speed kind of guy. If you go back and do his high school track data that's available. But I think when you look at it, Matt, yeah, it sucks. There's no way around it. Hopefully for Van uh, that can heal up the right way, not rush. And hopefully yep. I guess right before the draft he can hold a pro day.
0: It's whoa, close. Once again,
1: I would not rush that. Six
0: to eight weeks. Eight weeks, you're the draft. at draft day. So yeah. it's tough. Um, I think it, it is hard for him. And a guy who, so the knock on Van Jefferson is, other than speed, is that he didn't produce in college. And so I think that's, like you said, a deep wide receiver class. Yeah. Something I've been saying for months on this show is, this year, like your 15th receiver Could be a second round pick, or he could be a fifth round pick.
1: It's something we're going through time and time again when you look at how this class stacks. When you get to the tier three guys in this class, like you get outside of the, you know, Judy, CD, uh, Ruggs, even T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson, and you get into Rager and you get into Hamler and you get into guys like that. It's like, well, those guys would be no brainer, probably first rounders. But this right. year, you're looking at second round, and then it has a trickle effect all the way down the board. That's what's happened to Van so far. It
0: just pushes everybody, or like Brian Edwards, who's not working out here as well. A guy who, I I like Brian Edwards. I he think he's keeps, really
1: good. I also think he's probably going in the
0: fourth round. Yeah, he just keeps getting pushed down the board because of the injuries. And I, I think with the receiver group, even when it came to measurements, we didn't really see anyone where it was like, okay, that's different than what we expected. You know, it was a lot of the senior bowl data helped, but guys like. You know, KJ Hamler, who's just gonna be a very good athlete. Jalen Rieger, who, uh, coming in at two hundred pounds, like that's great. That's exceptional for him. And he's gonna yeah, he's run up. very, very well. Yes. He's gonna run exceptionally well. That's gonna happen behind us today, Thursday afternoon. Now, don't forget the workouts are in, are in prime time now. But speaking of measurements, something you and I didn't get a chance to talk about, uh, I spent a little time on it a couple shows ago. It was the offensive tackle measurements? The top five guys on my board all came in with over thirty-four inch arms. They all were, you know, height that you wanted them to be at. We didn't see anyone come in at like a low six-four. Obviously, Mekhi Becton won the weigh-in, but I think it's good news for our guy Jedrick Wills. It's great news for Tristan Wurfs, Andrew Thomas, and Josh Jones to all be big on that weigh-in. Without a
1: doubt. And another thing with them is they're, everyone each year, we see the trend is really bucked about the sloppy offensive linemen. These guys just look like big athletes now. They look like they're in really good shape. They're carrying the weight really well. Even Becton comes in you know, at a, a true 365, and he carries that weight really well, Matt. So I think yep. for those guys... They did come in and win the measurements because of the arm length, which really matter, matters for someone like Tristan Wirfs. Is he a tackle? Me and you lean on the side that he is. Jedrick Wills. I don't think there's ever been a question that he's a tackle, but there had been some rumblings around that some teams might, you know, have questions if he is. But it's pretty simple. Andrew Thomas came in, you know, very way bigger than anyone expected. Those with the thir- arms, the thirty-six
0: inch arms. I honestly thought it was a typo. Like I yeah. thought somebody fat fingered their keyboard. Yeah. You know, but it's it's legit, and that's great for him to be. And again, like the height, we kind of knew how tall he was, but the arm length is really what surprised me most for Andrew Thomas. And,
1: And, you know, we know what Josh Jones is. These top five offensive tackles have done themselves nothing but favors since the season ended. They really have. And when we get questions of, you know, why isn't Andrew Thomas the first tackle taken anymore? You know, why is Becton not your guys' first tackle taken? I don't think any of these guys have, you know, fallen Really in the draft board. If any, some of them have begun to really rise. Some of them have just. You go back to the film; they had really, really good seasons, and now they come to the combine and start to build off of that. When you, not only when you hear them speak, but the measurements, how strong they are, how they move. The bottom line is, and the biggest point from all this, it's a very good offensive tackle class, and
0: I think there's five first round starters in this class that should go in the top twenty. And Austin Jackson, I still like. I know he got beat up in the Iowa game in the in the bowl game. I still like Austin Jackson. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he was picked in the. 30s. The tier the non like the
1: outside the big five yeah. we'll call them the power five of the offensive lineman here you have really good players i mean when you look at isaiah wilson from georgia somebody that coming out of brooklyn a, a five-star prospect he's huge and he yeah. played a really good right tackle and he comes to the podium and he says listen caleb on chase on was the toughest guy i faced and he got him good with that spin move but you like hearing guys speak to that so i think once again you have a lot of good guys on day two that can be developed as starters and you have these locks on day one that teams are really excited about and we
0: were waiting for someone to fall out of the pack and no one has no it's like the pack's getting bigger yes like instead it's like the now, I mean, grows stronger. I, yeah, I think daniel jeremiah said he uh i was a one man right, well it was a one man I, I think this. he even said that now you know austin jackson's getting to top 15 buzz which is yeah it's kind of crazy but um we saw it last year with a lot of those guys going earlier than we expected rising up the board a little bit the drills start tonight in primetime. You're probably listening to this on Friday morning, but if you're listening to it when it comes out on Thursday if night. If you're a
1: grinder, you're listening right. Thursday
0: night. The drills start tonight, and I think there's a lot of confusion about when things are going to happen, <laughs> the order they're going to go in. I've had agents texting me as we're sitting here recording this saying – do you have any idea what time my guys going <laughs> to run not tonight? not good. <laughs> and, like, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if the NFL knows. So there is a little bit of confusion. And I'm not trying to overstate that, you know, because I had the report earlier in the week about agents being worried about their guys. It's just that there's a lot of confusion tonight. So we don't know exactly when Henry Ruggs is going to line it up. I would assume it's during that primetime window. But when we're watching these drills tonight, what do you look for? I know we've – I've been doing this a long time. You've been doing this uh, several years now. I don't really care about the 40 so much as, like, I care about the outliers on the 40. Like, Same. If you're running a 4-2, that's insane. If you're running a 4-6, we got to talk. I was going to say, well, what I
1: expect to happen, I don't really react to. Like, if Henry Ruggs runs a four two nine. Great, he's exactly who we thought he was. If Jalen Rager runs a four three five, great, it's exactly who I thought he was. If right. T hit, here's where it gets interesting. If T runs a four four. Okay. I <laughs> want to see T go four five. I want to see C D Lamb go four five. I yeah. want to see Donovan Peoples Jones jump through the roof. Like those are things that you want to see. Like you said, Matt, you're really checking for the outliers.
0: Like it gets scary if some of the top names run in the four sixes. Yeah. I if mean, C D runs a four six. The it's going, going to change. A lot of people are going to start making excuses, but, I mean, we have not been shy about this on this show. If you have a question about Ceedee Lamb, it's that he doesn't have a lot of juice. He's physical. He's smart. He never played against press coverage, and he doesn't have a lot of juice. And so if you don't have that speed, well, guess what? That's where those things come into question.
1: And these are, when you're looking at a deep wide receiver class, you're looking at these teams. There, you know, there's been reports that the Raiders might be interested in a first-round wide receiver. You know, Arizona might be interested in a first-round wide receiver. You really need to do something super special nowadays to cement yourself in that top 15 picks as a wide receiver and you know even the jets have been uh, attached to henry ruggs and a lot of people are sitting there and they're like well, why are they going to let robbie anderson walk just to draft the speed guy <laughs> now ruggs is even faster than that's robbie right. which is crazy think, yeah but but the point is you really need to do something special so i think for the receivers here you want to live up to the hype that's what we're watching for I, i'm not necessarily you know if they do exceed it great But once again, we're watching here.
0: I I just want to see them pass the thresholds. I think a couple guys that need to stand out. Brandon Ayuk needs to stand out for me. Arizona State didn't get to see him in the senior bowl. No, he was hurt. He needs to run well here. We know how great he is with the ball in his hands. And then I'm going to be a homer for a second. And Devin DuVernay has not been talked about enough as one of the fastest players here. Uh, The guy dropped like one pass in college. He led college football in catches this year. I understand he's limited a little bit. He's going to be a slot receiver. His 100-meter time in high school was the best of any player here. He so fly. he should fly absolutely and like it should be expected but i think people are going to be surprised and i
1: think you bring up a great point about the slot receiver argument i was just doing the the pff show over there with mike and austin and we were talking about slot production is still production it's still offense so if you have a really really good slot receiver you shouldn't knock them for only being able to play the slot if you're getting a lot of production out of them so you've been high on duvernay since we've you know since the season literally i remember we got back from the texas trip in september and you were like i like this guy i don't want know why no one is evaluating me as a prospect." And it's only it's only going to get better from here, I believe. When people are listening to this show tomorrow,
0: right? And we'll see if his cousin Kyler Murray tries to get him in Arizona. That would be like how that that's that's Kansas City speed at receiver. If that happens, I'll
1: tell you. Not to get completely off track, but I want to talk about Arizona for a bit. I'm very curious to see if Cliff is a guy, as we saw last year, that's like you know what? I'm going to find all my wide receiver gems outside of the top fifty, outside of rounds one yeah. and two, because. He's somebody that has recruited skill talent. He's someone that believes he could develop skill talent, and he has a system where skill talent—let's be real, Matt—is built to thrive. Yes, it's, not, yeah, it's,
0: it's so, a little easier. Arizona right? at eight. I'm curious if the wide receiver talk is a smokescreen or if it's for real. I've always thought it was just because of that. Like, you could have, like last year, they took Andy Isabella, who's a good player, but he's a very specific player. Sure, and, and it King felt like Butler all the their picks round. were very specific. You know, to we're trying to build out our basketball team at wide receiver. I don't. I feel like they go offensive line. Even after signing DJ Humphries, I think they go Tristan Wirfs, and boom, you're set. That'd be great for them. I think that's how they should build the team, especially when you have Kyler, who had a really, really good rookie season.
1: Mm-hmm. They get production out of anyone they put in the backfield. They trade for Kenyon Drake, and the production just goes through the roof. I hope they keep him. So yeah, me too. Because I think he's... it's just it's where it makes sense for both sides. So for Arizona, they're one of those teams that you really start to watch inside the top 10 relating to this wide receiver class.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, If people want to read and not just listen, I had a big board come out uh, earlier this week, had a scouting notebook drop on Thursday morning that actually gets all 32 teams, you get buzz on that. Three-round mock draft to come out Monday morning, so there's a ton of content people can have. And I, I we bury the lead on this all the time. I actually got to meet our guy, Joey Molinaro, a couple days ago. Had a blast just talking to him for like 10 minutes. The show Saturday, our meetup at 2D Brewing Company, 2 o'clock Saturday. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. So now I'm ready that he already met you because he's building his, oh,
1: yeah. his impressions of you. I hope not. So we could do the show. It could be me, Melo. Joey is Matt, and Matt is Matt. So we have two, two Mats. So the humble bragging is over the top on the on the show. How many times will he say
0: Mahomes in oh, 30 man. minutes? I can't. Uh, he, be he's hilarious, man. It's great. And he's a draft fan, so he also just it's wants perfect. to talk football. It's So perfect. it's going to be good. So
1: that's a show you'll definitely want to be at. We always say it, but Senior Bowl and Combine, some of our best live shows of the year, because you get all different kinds of fans, you get
0: a great turnout, and we love going to 2D. Right, and the music is starting. That means it's almost time for the bench press. We'll take a break. We come back draft on draft for like the first time in a week. Let's do it all right, we are back, and they're playing some bangers behind us, man. They're getting ready for the bench press, they were just rocking out some Miley. I know uh, when I'm in the gym, that's yeah, what that's, I listen to. Oh, not for me, but hey, to each their own. Honestly, more of an Ariana guy when it comes to the gym, but different you know. strokes for different folks. What do you my listen friend? to? Uh,
1: Hard rock or rap or... Like Pantera. Actually, sometimes I'll throw in some Outlaw Country in there.
0: Tyler Childers, which I know you're a big fan of. Sergil Simpson. Right, yeah. I mean, I grew up, you know, in the, like, 90s rock. It was, like, our warm-up for everything. So, So, like, I I can still
1: go to that. I still go back to Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, all of that. It's hard to find a lot of new music nowadays where I'm like,
0: man, this is work out awesome. To, you're not a Fort Minor guy? <laughs>
1: uh, so, shockingly, no. I'm not like J.J. Watts singing right?
0: Fort Minor in the gym. I know. I'm always like, I like to watch the players on like Instagram stories of what they're working out to. and like, oh, Half the time, I won't even, yeah, I won't even know I'm what it is. I'm judging the music hard. Yeah. I don't like Kanye. I know this is a hot take of mine, but that is like good running music.
1: So when we called Lynn Bowden... He was like, "Oh, I'm at the facility. Yeah. Like the it was. You couldn't hear him. Like he had to step out into the hallway, obviously. So, the, and we've been to
0: Access before. Where they yeah.
1: just it's blaring at all hours,
0: like it is here right now. We did want to answer some draft on draft questions since we're back together. Um, let's start here with Travis Johnson. He asked, "Does Neville Gallimore's size make him scheme specific, or do you feel like he can play a nose guard in a three four or D tackle in a four three? Feel like he's bigger, more explosive than Ross Blacklock, who came in at 290 pounds. A little yep. bit of surprise. I feel like Gallimore can do. I, I think." That he's a like, I think he could play one technique. I don't think I would ever want to put him on top of a center on top of a guard. I think I. he's a gap type player. Um, his quickness is really good, so I think of him as like, could he play in a one technique? Yeah, he probably could. But I I actually see him as a three technique, six two three oh four, a little bit short, but I, I think he can penetrate still. I was going to
1: say when you go back to the film of what he did best this year, I think it goes back to what you just said, Matt, where you don't want him over the nose tackle like that. He's somebody that was pretty explosive this year I thought he had a really underrated season we always talk about how that defense never seems to have a lot of impact players and this year they had a handful and I like that you brought up Blacklock because I think he got down to 290 here to show how explosive he is and I think his playing weight will go back above 300 but you know I was reading that there was a time at TCU where he was weighing 330 to be 40 pounds lighter than the combine but you watch the film he does some freaky stuff
0: yeah. No, he's he's a good player. I think he's a first round player. Brad Pound asked this. We kind of touched on this earlier. If T. Higgins runs a sub four five today, Ooh, what man. will that do to his draft stock? So it won't change his ranking for me. But I think on mock drafts, we'll start. right now, I always have him like 22, 23, maybe 21, 22, 23. We would probably be talking about him a little bit earlier if that's the case. I think with T,
1: yeah, if you're like a team like the Bills or Packers, you got to start thinking about trading up. Right. So I don't think he'd make it a Green Bay anyway, but I think the Bills is someone where. That's usually know, his landing spot. That usually is where he
0: comes off the board in a lot of mock drafts. But like if so. you're the Broncos at 15 and Judy, CD, and Ruggs are gone. If he's a four-four guy, you're probably you're probably thinking about that a I little mean, you bit. You have more. T. Higgins and Cortland Sutton on each
1: side. Not bad. You're playing basketball out there, just throwing up alley oops. And I think with T. He almost doesn't get enough love on this show. We really liked him a lot over the summer. Coming into this wide receiver class, where we put his name with Judy, CD, yeah, you know that kind of ranking. And once again, it goes back to the, is it, T. Is the Andrew Thomas of this class? T. Didn't yep. do anything wrong this year. Just some guys did some crazy stuff to go above him, but he's still a really, really good
0: first-round player. He's still my fourth receiver, like still a top-20 player. I think he's the best vertical threat in the draft. That's the thing.
1: The way he plays above the rim, it can help out a quarterback, and that's a difference maker. But how he runs is something he's going to be scrutinized on because he's someone that at Clemson won deep. And a lot of people still don't expect him to run really well. So you're going to go back and say if he does run well at his size, you're like, well, maybe because he was he was winning deep because he is
0: really fast. Right, exactly. Here's a fun question from Garrett Greenley: If all these guys were available in this draft as prospects, what order would they go in? Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. So basically the last four Ooh. quarterbacks go number one. That's tricky.
1: But not for me. What I think the NFL would do. Or you can rank them if you want. That's really tricky. Because I, I really liked, I liked all of them actually. What am I saying? I go back and do it like Same. I, I liked Goff. Yeah, I loved. Me and you loved Kyler. Yep. And I think Kyler's the only one of the three that's lived up. to, Ironically, he's had the shortest time in the NFL. You get it? Shortest. No time. pun intended.
0: Uh, Easy, Tony Grossi. So
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not going. Don't there. go there. Not going there. That is really, really difficult. So really
0: the way I would have had it graded would be Burrow, Goff, Murray, Baker. I think I would have had it graded uh
1: Goff Kyler Baker oh Baker and Burrow are gonna be really close. Yeah. Really close. I, I had Kyler, I think, fourth or fifth overall. Goff, I think I had like second or third overall. I mean I thought and he could still turn it on. Goff is crazy to me because we've seen MVP-type moments,
0: and then we've seen play where he should not be starting. Right, like Bowen and I were talking about on the show yesterday. If he has to move off his yes. spot, he can't come back. Which is not a good thing nowadays. No, it's when, when that's what everyone Baker, does. Baker, he
1: can really, really bounce back this year. By the way, like the saying that he bulked up last year, he got fat.
0: Yeah, he didn't bulk up. Like He got I mean, heavy. He, yeah, yeah, right. He just gained weight. I, like, bulking up to me is like muscle. You've worked out. You've added muscle like everyone
1: mass. that's here in Indy, all these players are coming in. They add 20 pounds, and they don't look, like, heavy. Right. They look muscly. Yeah, like he looks chubby. So that's – and I'm they're not making this the hate on Baker show because I'm just saying he can bounce back really well next year. Right. But I think it is an important point for him to slim down and get some of that quickness back that he had – I, all I will say is, all four of those guys are, are really good quarterback prospects. Now, if you were ranking it by the league, the way they had it, I mean, people in the NFL loved Jared Goff. Yes. Baker Mayfield, very torn.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I, extremely torn. I think of the four, Baker was the most divisive of those. Kyler Murray, pretty torn on. Yep. People are not torn on Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow. No, no. So, not Goff at all. and Burrow would actually lead that group of four. Yeah. And it was crazy is they're kind of similar. I mean, Burrow is much better on the move. But yes. like the body type, similar to the arm, the touch
1: strength. throws, the touch throws is is really, you know, where they both win in a lot of ways. Um, man, the conversation around Burrow just I thought it would be like the most boring thing this year because I was going number one. He's a really good player. We're done. Yeah. But it just it gets juicy, man. I, you got I love it. saying
0: he's not a good prospect. I, I need to go back on and talk to Colin about that.
1: I know people get upset, but I think Colin's really fun. it's entertainment. I just had this conversation with some people over there. I'm like, there's a difference between entertainment and sports, and when they mix together, you need to understand what it is.
0: Right. I like Colin. I mean, I'm not just saying this because, like, I go on there and it's good for me, but I like him. I listen to his show. I think it's funny. I obviously I disagree with him at times, but I also understand why he's saying it. I mean, I think he puts thought into his rants. I agree. This isn't. He's not going full Stephen A. Now I think it, I think Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback prospect. So I don't agree. with I, that I don't agree with it either. And I, but I like I know what he's saying. Like he doesn't have a big arm. Yeah, and it's just he needs someone to come on it because he, here's the question he's going to ask: Is what is what does he do great? And so. He's poised. He keeps his eyes downfield. He's accurate. I'll say this: when that question is asked, I think it's even easier than
1: some people make it out to be. His feel in the pocket is legendary. It really is legendary. It's The best I've evaluated. I would. I'm trying to think who we had that's better. Like feel. Mm-hmm. I think Kyler has a good feel, but Kyler just loves to leave. Right. So he's a little Joe early. Stays. Joe is like, oh no, I couldn't find my way to get back in the pocket. I,
0: I so. think Mello said it in like September, and we kind of made fun of it. It's Tom Brady in the pocket that's who he reminds me of I, I, But quicker. yeah 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 tom doesn't move like that but is he as
1: smart as i hate to say it but the goat i don't know about that
0: right i know that's what's tough that's but i think like,
1: brady's just a, the brainiac mm-hmm. but joe's got a little fire in him i think we've seen a different kind of
0: swag with him so uh, this is something let's just be transparent in our group chat we've talked a lot about our perception of joe burrow did it change for you this week with how he handled the the podium
1: um, I thought it was well handled. I don't know why it, it took, like, I feel like it took
0: a lot to get here. And he did say, like, the media created it. He didn't want to be presumptive. I yeah. thought he handled that well, of like, yes. Why should I have to come out and say I would play for a team that hasn't drafted me yet? You know, I'll, like- I'll say this about it. Like, I haven't spoken
1: directly to Joe Burrow. Everyone you talk to, whether it's at the LSU program or, and we'll talk to plenty of his teammates and hopefully mm-hmm. Joe himself or people in the NFL, love him. Where I take the word for it, where it's yeah. like, I think he's going to be just fine character-wise in the NFL. He is very confident. Very Which is confident. Funny. If he like, wasn't, we would trash that. It's impossible. You know, it it's is. It's impossible. It really is. You know who, and I'm not saying this because he's my quarterback, because he's been very, very up and down, but I feel like Darnold is the best at being in the middle. Oh, without a doubt. Because he's not like, he always says the right thing to the point where you're like, can you just say something out of line yeah. for once? And I like that Burrow will be a little confident Josh Allen's the same way. Uh, and mm-hmm. no coincidence, they're best friends. Allen and Darnold. But yeah, Burrow is. is He's not Baker, but he's more towards the Baker No line. matter what
0: Mellow will say sometimes. He's more
1: towards that line, though. He's closer to it. Where yeah. it's like, oh, like, you definitely think you're the shit. That's okay.
0: It's almost like Roethlisberger a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know? ben, ben has. Yeah. Where just enough fuck you. I don't. Yeah, I just don't want to put him in that category. Right. So, yeah, you don't want to compare him. I'm not
0: comparing anyone to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. But yeah, just in terms of that, he's got a little fire to him, for sure. I, I also.
1: I mean, going back to that conversation of character, I think, and you've seen it here, not just Tua. Tua's been phenomenal. Like, people just love being around Tua. Mm-hmm. I think Justin Herbert has been very impressive. He's done a good job. and He, he deserves, listened to the critics and fixed it. He deserves a lot of credit because he went to the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, obviously his presser here. But just everywhere he's gone since this draft process has begun for him, I think Justin Herbert, you know, honestly deserves a lot of praise. For I know it's a question I brought up on the show. I'm like, you know, how fiery is
0: he? Yeah, and uh, he's just proven it the entire entire way. It's funny because like a year ago, and headed into the season, that's really all we talked about was it's like, it.
1: we're like, oh, we know he's talented. Yeah,
0: and now it's like, I mean, he did a hell of a job of working at that, of being a better leader, more vocal leader.
1: Because not everyone's born that way. It's not something you're naturally comfortable with all the time, right? But you
0: have to. You have you to. Have, to play if you want to be, if you want to be one of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You have to be. Got to work on it. All right, that is our show. We will be back uh, Friday. We'll be doing a show, so you guys will get that Friday afternoon slash Saturday morning. And then Saturday, obviously, our event with Mellow with Joey Molinaro, two o'clock from Two Deep Brewing Company here in Indianapolis. It's free if you're twenty one and or over. You can come out. Not up to under <laughs> twenty one 21 and under twenty one. No 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 no, 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 not that kind oh, of party. man. Yeah, that's our show. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.